Will you pray with me this morning? Father in heaven, I come to you in this moment, and the song that we just sing is my prayer from my heart. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Open our eyes and open our hearts to see who you are and what it is that you're wanting to do in us and through us. Thank you, Jesus, for the hope that we have in you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. It really is just so great to see all of you here today, uh, whether that's in, here in, in person or online. Uh, we are so, so thankful that all of you are here. We are in week three of our series entitled Together Again. And each year we kind of begin the, 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 the month of January by just taking a few weeks to just look at the church and, and more specifically looking at LeClaire Christian Church and, and who we are, our mission, our values, why we do what we do, and all those different things. But we also just like to take a big picture at the universal church of Jesus Christ and who it is that we are called to be in that body. And in the New Testament, the word church, anytime that, that it is translated, the, the Greek word that is used for church is the word ekklesia. Ekklesia. And, and this word ekklesia in the Greek, it is literally translated a, a, a gathering of people or an assembly of people. And it was this word that in Matthew chapter 16, whenever Jesus went to his disciples, maybe some of you will remember this story, Jesus goes to his disciples and he says, hey, who do people say that I am? Remember this? And the disciples respond and say, well, some say that you're John the Baptist, some say that you're Elijah or, or, or one of the, the other prophets. And Jesus looked at them and said, yeah, 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 that's, that's fine. But, but who do you say that I am? And in one of those moments where Peter got it completely right, he like stood up and said, well, Jesus, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus, you know, he, I, I just imagine he gets this smile on his face and he makes this eye contact with Peter. And he says, Peter, you are, you, you are correct. And this was not given to you by man, but this was given to you by God. And in fact, on this statement, on this rock, on this statement that you are the Christ, that Jesus is saying that I am the Christ, I am the son of the living God. I will build my church. I will build my ecclesia, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And church, the world needs us to be this church. This church that Jesus has called us to be in Matthew chapter 16, the, the, the church that, that everything about us comes from this statement that, Jesus, we believe you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Like, our purpose is found in you. Our hope is found in you. Our order is found in you. And in you alone. The church needs to continue to be a place that does good in the world. And in many instances, the church once again needs to become a place that does good in the world, where we can become the hands and the feet of Jesus, to where we, as followers of Jesus, do more than claim the name of Jesus, but we actually live like Jesus, and we love like Jesus, and we live out the calling and the commission that he has for our lives. And as a church here at LeClaire, I, I, I hope that if you've been around here very long at all, you know that's what we desire to do. That's who we desire to be. We desire to be a church who is planted on the firm foundation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
that we, we know that we will never face a single moment in our lives to where we are living without hope. That we desire to be a church who is not content to say that we love Jesus, but we want to prove that we love Jesus in the way we love others and in the way we live our lives. And it's for that reason that our mission statement here at LeClaire is pretty simple. We are striving to be courageous followers of Jesus who love God, who love others, and who prove it daily. And so two weeks ago, we began this series, and, and we talked about our, our, our first value as a church, and it's really this umbrella value that every other value that we have falls under this, and that is that we desire everybody at LeClaire Christian Church to have a transforming relationship with Jesus. We desire for every single person at LeClaire to go beyond some sort of behavior modification, but we want every person to experience what only the Holy Spirit can do in their lives. Because we believe that it's at this point, whenever we are transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we will begin to experience the life that Jesus desires for us to live. That it's at that point, whenever this transformation begins to take place in our lives, that the way that we see the world will change. The way that we respond to the world will change. The way that we hear people speak, it will change. That our outlooks and every part of our lives will become so much more aligned with Jesus. Because of this transformation that can only come through the power of the Holy Spirit. That the way that we raise our families, that everything it will be impacted by the hope of Jesus. And last week, Daniel did just such an incredible job of talking about our value of authentic community. And anytime I think about this idea of authentic community, I always have this one line that comes to mind. I know Daniel gets tired of me here saying it all the time, but I have this one line that comes to my mind. And it's this, is that there will come a time in your life when unforeseen circumstances will arise and you will need a Jesus-minded community to have your back. And if that community does not already exist whenever that time comes, there's a really, 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 really good chance that you will resist it when it does. And so this week, we're, we're going to go ahead and try and hit on two more of our values and the first value that we're going to talk about is the value of strengthening families. And the second value that we're going to hit on is being faithful with all that God has entrusted to us. Because again, connecting faith to our everyday lives is a big part of the mission here at LeClaire. And what better place for that to start than in your own home? Because the people in your life who need to see the transformation of your heart more than anybody else are the very people who share your address. Parents, the people in your life who need to see that transformation in your own heart are the very people who you claim to love the most. And I truly believe that the greatest impact on your family's faith as they grow and everything else, it will happen in your home and not in this building. And I believe that that's something that 2020 has taught us, that 2020 really just threw us into the fire in that way. And I'm sure that there are many families that pass that test with flying colors. And I'm also sure that there are many families who have a little bit of catch-up work to do because they were not quite ready for this truth. But the greatest responsibility in raising your family to know and to love Jesus is on you more than it's on the church. And I don't think that anybody would really argue with that. However, as a church, we don't ever want you to feel like that you are in this on your own. 
But instead, we want to partner with you. We want to partner with your family. We don't want to do all the work for you, but we want to be an extension. We want to be a resource. And helping us all lead our families in a way that honors Jesus. And this is true whether you're, 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 you're newly married or never married or soon to be married or once upon a time married. This is true whether you're a new parent, not a parent, empty nester, a concerned family member, or a guardian. We want to partner with your family in being courageous followers of Jesus who love God, who love others, and who prove it daily. We want to take the heart of the home and combine it to the light of the world and make something so much more beautiful and powerful than it ever could be apart. We have a passion here at LeClaire for the next generation and the one after that and the one after that and the one after that. This is the reason why we invest so much into our kids' ministry. This is why we invest so much into our student ministry. This is why we are trying so hard to figure out more and more ways so we can continue to reach college students. It's because we believe in the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And we know all the stats. We see all the stats of everything that's taking place in the church around this country to where these next generations are fleeing the church at such a rapid rate. And we don't think that has to be the case. And our hope and our prayer at LeClaire is that we can do everything we can to point the next generation directly to the heart of Jesus. And we believe this is part of the reason why strengthening families is so important. However, for us to be able to be as effective as possible in doing this, I need you to listen to this, church. The only way we'll be effective in doing this is if each and every one of us uses the gifts that God has entrusted to us for the benefit of his kingdom. The next generation, your kids, my kids, your someday kids, God willing, not my someday kids. I got enough. But your grandkids, my future grandkids, they will believe Jesus is who he says he is when we love them and whenever we love each other like Jesus said we should. One of the greatest impacts that you, parents, I want you to hear this, one of the greatest impacts that you can have on your family's faith is to show them that his body, his church is a priority. And to show them that you are willing to sacrifice and that you're willing to use your gifts, to use what God entrusted to you for the benefit of the church and for the benefit of his kingdom. But the real question is this. Will you be faithful? Will you be faithful? And to me, this is one of the most profound questions in all of life. Because whenever you really get down to the root of everything that life is, everything in life comes down to this question, will you be faithful? It comes down to the the issue of stewardship. Stewardship being something that, that has been entrusted to you, that God has entrusted to you. It is not yours, but it is something that God is allowing you to take care of. Will you be faithful with all that God has entrusted to you? Our jobs, they're a stewardship. Our opportunities, they're a stewardship. Our education, it's a stewardship. Our resources, our finances, they're a stewardship. Our relationships, our families, They're a stewardship, and yes, our gifts and our talents and our abilities, they are all a stewardship. And I know that it is so easy to look around and say, well, if this was different, then I would be faithful, or if I was good at this, then I would be faithful. 
But I want you to hear this. Stewardship is not about circumstances or giftedness. But stewardship is all about faithfulness. Stewardship is not about circumstances or giftedness, but stewardship is all about faithfulness. And in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells probably one of my favorite parables, which is a a, a story that points directly to this point. And if you have your your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 25. And and I'm going to paraphrase a few verses here. I'm going to paraphrase starting in verse 14. In verse 14, we see that there's this man. Who, who represents Jesus in this story. And he's a very, very wealthy man, a landowner who had, had, had several servants of his own. And so one day he's going to go out on a long journey and he invites three of his servants to come to him. And to each of the servants, he has something that he's going to entrust to them. To the first servant, he entrusts five bags of gold. If you have like the 1984 New International Version, they're, they're, called, they're literally called talents. And, 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 and a talent was not like, like, like burping your ABCs. Or like, like the talent that it's talking about here is it, it, it's a, a, a measured form of currency. So bags of gold, you know, a talent of gold would be worth more than a talent of silver. It, it all was just a measured weight of currency. And so to the first man, he, he entrusts him with five bags of gold. To the second, he entrusts him with two bags of gold. And to the last one, he entrusts him with one bag of gold. And in, in each of, of, of these talents, each of these bags of gold, I mean, some scholars believe that, that they would have been worth up to 20 years, each bag, 20 years of a common day laborer's wages. So, I mean, there was a lot of money in these bags of gold. One of them walks away with 100 years, you know, according to some scholars, one with 40 and another one with 20. The guy who was given the five bags of gold, he, he, he takes it and he immediately puts the money to work. The one who was given the two bags of gold, he immediately takes it and he, he, he puts it to work. But the guy who was only given the one bag of gold, he went back to his house, he dug a hole in his backyard and he buried it in the ground. And here we'll, we'll pick up in, in verse 19. Verse 19, it says that after a long time, the master of those servants, he returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold, he brought, he brought the other five. So he went and he immediately put his five to work and he gained five more. Master, he said, verse 20, second half, verse 20. You entrusted me. And I love that word entrusted because I think that that word encompasses everything about our lives as Jesus followers, about everything that's of how we should see our lives as Jesus followers, saying, Jesus, it's yours. It is not mine. It's yours, but you have entrusted it to me. You have entrusted me to watch over it. He says, Master, you have entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. And I want you to take this idea of, of, of entrustment and I want you to apply it to different areas of your life. And whenever we do that, we, we can begin to say things like this. My time is not mine, but my time has been entrusted to me. My job is not mine, but my job has been entrusted to me. My relationships are not mine, but they have been entrusted to me. My finances, they are not mine, but they have been entrusted to me. My family, they are not mine, but they have been entrusted to me. My gifts and my talents and my abilities, they are not mine, but they have been entrusted to me. And we could continue this for, for literally days upon days upon th- days. Every single thing in your life, it is not yours, but it is something that Jesus has entrusted to you. And so it brings up a very obvious question, right? 
What will you do? What will I do with all that God has entrusted to us? Verse 21, the master replied to this man who had the five bags of gold. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, so I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. And I love this, the, the, the phrase that the master replies, you good and faithful servant. I, I, I always want to ask the question, I want us to make sure we understand this. Why is it that this man was considered good? Why was the servant considered good? It was because he was faithful. He was good because he was faithful with what God had entrusted to him. And then verse 22, then the man with the two bags of gold, he came and said, master, you entrusted me. There's that word again. With two bags of gold, see, I have gained you two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, so I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Verse 24, then the man who had received the one bag of gold, here we go. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. What is it that he does? As soon as the master comes to him to collect on, on, on what it is that he had entrusted to him, what is it that this man with one bag of gold immediately does? He immediately begins to make excuses. Question. What is it that you do, or more personally, what is it that I do? I know I can answer this one. What is it that I do whenever I am unfaithful with what it is that God has entrusted to me? I immediately begin to make excuses. Yeah, I know that I could serve, but I'm really just so busy, right? Yeah, I know that I should tithe. I know that I should give. I know that I should be more generous, but that's just so much money. I know that I should share my faith. I know that I should seek reconciliation, but the people aren't going to listen. I know that I should, you know, really do everything I can to try and get my kids involved in the church, but I mean, they're just so bored. I get it. I get it. Our natural response whenever we are not faithful with what God has entrusted to us is to immediately begin to make Excuses, verse 25, this man who had the one bag of gold and who was already making excuses, he said, so I was afraid. I was afraid because of how hard of a man that you were. So I went and I dug a hole in the ground and I hid the gold in the ground. See, here it is. He just brings this dusty old bag of gold. Here it is. Here's what belongs to you. And if we're being honest, man, this is where so many of us land. And I am using the plural form here with myself included. We know what we need to do but we have been burned one too many times. We are so afraid that we're going to mess up. It's not that we don't have an idea of what it looks like to live faithfully with what all God has entrusted to us. It's that we have a hard time believing that it's worth it. It's not that we don't know the answer. It's that we don't know if the answer is worth it. You know deep down the desires that God has given you for this world, for, the, for, for this community, for your family. You know the things that keep you up at night. You know the problems in this world that you are just not okay with continuing to be problems. You know the places and the ways that you can make a difference. But we're afraid. We're afraid to step out. Because it's easier to not try and fail than to give it your all and still feel like you come up short. So, we take what God entrusted to us 
and we go to our backyards and we dig a little hole and we put it in the ground and we bury it and just hope that no one will ever notice. And look at verse 26. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Why is he wicked? Why is he lazy? The answer, because he did nothing with what God entrusted to him. Your life, my life, our lives, this church, it's all a stewardship and we will be held accountable for what has been entrusted to us. And there are so many things that we can learn from this parable, but I just want to highlight three, three things that we learned from this parable. And the first one is this, is that we are all given different starting points. And I think that this is so incredibly huge. We are all given different starting points. One started with five, one started with two, one started with one. Right here in this parable, Jesus is acknowledging, I want you to hear this, Jesus is acknowledging that life is not fair. You got that? Not everybody starts with a level playing field. But everybody has different influence. Everybody has different environments. Everybody has different examples that are given to them. Everybody has a different starting point. Jesus gave different amounts to each and every one of them. But he expected the exact same faithfulness, regardless of what had been entrusted to them. The second thing that we learn is that good servants were good because of effort, not because of talent, because they were willing to leverage what they had and do something with it. Then the final thing that we learn is that we will all be held accountable for what God entrusts to us. And so the question is, will you, will I, will we be faithful with what God has entrusted to us? And for us here at LeClaire, for us to be all that God desires for us to be, we all, like each and every one of you, we all must be faithful with what it is that God has entrusted to us. So what is it that you can do, right? That's a good question. What is it that you can do? Well, as a church, we have these things called servant ministry teams. And if you don't know what those are, I'm not going to take the time to explain all of them right now. But if you would, please email office at leclaircc.com. We will give you all the information on our servant ministry teams. And I can promise you this one thing about, all, about these servant ministry teams is every single one of you can fit into one of these teams. Every single one of you. But other things that, that you can do to help us accomplish this. Other ways that you can use your gifts and, and all that God's entrusted to you is if, you know, can, can, can you help make people feel welcome? Can you wave or smile or, 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 or you know, just, just make people feel welcome? People who have possibly never been in this building before, can you make them feel welcome? Can you invest in kids? Can you love kids? Can you invest in teenagers and college-age students? One of the hardest things as a parent is the recognition that there will come a day whenever my kids will no longer want to come to me with all their problems. 
I know that I'm not quite there yet, but I can see that day coming. And whenever that day comes, as a father, the one thing that I want is I want people who are Jesus-minded to be the people that my children will run to. I want somebody in my kids' lives who can give good, solid, Jesus-minded advice whenever they don't want to go to their old man. I need you. I personally need you to be that person in my kids' lives. I am so thankful. I am so thankful for the small group leaders that my, my, my kids have in this church today. Another reason why this is so important, and, and I, we're, we're still in, in talks about all this, but we're really hoping here in the next couple of months, next month and a half, to go back to offering two serve or, or kids ministry at both of our services. But you want to know the one thing that's holding us back from being able to do that? It's people who are willing to say, I'll serve. We have to get there. We have to get there because, yes, I know 2020 threw a wrench in everything. In literally everything. And I know that there are people who just are not comfortable to come back. And I respect that. But we have enough people showing up. That if we could just go and serve, we could eliminate this problem immediately. We need you. We need you. Do you believe that loving someone and helping them know Jesus will help them live a better life? If the answer to that question is yes, I'm just going to ask, will you please partner with us? Whenever games are going on again, will you show up at games or other events? Not out of a duty, but because our kids, are, we, we want our students to know that they are loved by us and by Jesus. Maybe you're somebody and you've been married a long time. You've gone through it. You've learned how to forgive. You've learned how to be patient. You've, you, you've fought the battles and you left with the t-shirt. You know, like you've been there and you've done that. We have a lot of young families in this church who are going through a lot of the problems that you've already gone through and made it through to the other side. Can you mentor some of them? Can you love them? Can you help them make sure that their families remain strong for generations to come? That's something that you can do. But what is it that you can do? How is it that you can help for us to reach our community, to impact families, to point as many people as possible to Jesus? We need you, all of you, whether you're watching online or in person. We need you to use all that God has entrusted to it's why we do this little partner's commitment at the end of each service throughout this series. Or we say as a partner of the Claire Christian Church, I will be faithful to the gifts that God has entrusted to me in order to make the body complete. When another part of the body is hurting or down, I will do what I can to lift them up. As a partner of the Claire Christian Church, I will be an encourager. As a partner at LeClaire Christian Church, I will always be welcoming a new people regardless of where they're from or their walk of life. As a partner at LeClaire Christian Church, I will handle any and all tension that comes my way with love. 
and as a partner of Leclerc Christian Church, I will do all of this because I believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. And we, his church, are the vehicle he has chosen to use to share that hope. Church, that's a big deal. Will you pray with me this morning? Father in heaven, I thank you for the hope that we have in your son, Jesus. And and I, I do pray, Holy Spirit, that you will convict us and that you will reveal to us the gifts that you have given to us. And God, that we will be bold enough, yet humble enough, and passionate enough to use all that you've entrusted to us. We need you, Jesus. We need you. We know that there is a world outside these walls that is hurting and down and confused. And I know that whenever people think of the church right now, that the, 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 that great things are not generally what's coming to people's mind. Father, we acknowledge that and we repent of that. Jesus, help us to honor you. Help us to do more than say that we love you. Help us to prove it in the way that we live and in the way that we love others. Help us to be faithful stewards of all that you've entrusted to us. And Jesus, will you please be glorified in us and through us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.